Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Sarah Hendy and on today's programme we'll be joined by former island resident and well-known performer Jonathan Io. We'll also be speaking to illustrator Vicky Webb about her new Manx alphabet book. And Lindsay Quayle treats us to an excerpt from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's lovely to have you along to this final spotlight of 2018. If inspiration happens to strike over Christmas week, you can always get in touch via spotlight at manxradio.com and we'll be happy to have you along in the new year. We begin today's programme with Jonathan Io, who you may have heard speaking to Judith Lay on Sundown this week. They were chatting about life in the UK's number one Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons tribute act, who he's bringing to the Peel Centenary Centre. Jonathan Io, welcome back to the Isle of Man. You're bringing to our shores your new show um, very soon in the middle of January. That's correct, yeah. Um, thank you for having me. I'm bringing uh, the, uh, the UK's number one tribute to Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Um, and it's called Walk Like a Man. Well, we can't wait to see it. The, I believe the evening show's already sold out, but you have put on an extra performance. Yes, we have. It's sold out uh, within three weeks, believe it or not. So we've put on an extra show, uh, 2.30 on the same day. That's got to be a record for uh, ticket sales on the other one, except for maybe Gary Barlow. I think that was less than half an hour or something. So yeah. you're well up there with the, with the greats. That's good to compare to him, because I really wanted one of his tickets, but I couldn't get hold of one. <laughs> Oh, bless you. Yes, in the in the reject band like me. Um, but uh, tell us a bit about the show. I mean, it already sounds really exciting and the kind of thing that I imagine would appeal to anyone. But um, but what, what can we look forward to? Well, the thing that sells the show the most, I believe, is the music. Everyone can relate to hearing the music at some point in their lives be young or old I think um, you, you're, you're bound to know at least one of one of the songs by Frankie Valli um, and the show is based loosely on the musical Jersey Boys because Jersey Boys is based on his life um, our boss actually that created the show was in Jersey Boys and a few of our guys were in Jersey Boys as well uh, and basically we bring the four of us playing the individual characters we've got Frankie Valli Bob Gordio uh, Tommy DeVito and Nick Massey and we, we take on the characters and we create a two hour show um, as those characters, uh, and talking about how we, how the guys rose to fame, um, which particular songs mean certain things to certain people, and we have a lot of audience participation as well. Ooh. So it's it's a lot of fun. Gosh, right. So we need to going to need to warm up our voices beforehand, Absolutely. maybe. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and dance moves. It's full too. on choreography as well. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Gosh, we really are going to have to stretch, <laughs> limber up. Um, it sounds like it's a real nostalgia trip as well. I don't know, bringing back the old days as well, maybe. Absolutely. The uh, the songs are classic, but you've got songs such as Oh What a Night, December 63, which people, will, everyone will know, young or old, because it's been re-released. Begging was re-released a few years ago. Begging, begging, that one. And yeah. people and that was made into a dance track. Um, so they've got the nostalgia mixed with the new. Uh, but some, everyone can relate to the show and the humour that we bring and the characters. I just think it's a, it's a great night to have. And, well, but by everyone, so, yeah. yeah. I left the island quite a few years ago, um, but I've been back and forth, obviously, because family still live here. Um, and I also have two, have two boys as well. I've got a six-year-old and three-year-old, and they come back and visit family. But since then, I've, I've been releasing albums, um, songwriter. I've, become a, I've, I've trained as a, um, a vocal coach and a lecturer. And I've been doing that for 15 years, believe it or not, so since I was five. <laughs> um, I'm not really 20. I'm a bit older than that now. But um, uh, lecturing, doing that, um, I've done lots of UK tours as well. And for the last 
eight months I've been on a ship as a lead singer with P&O, just for something a bit different, and that's where we had to learn eight shows, eight shows, and put them on, sometimes all eight in one cruise. So I, I, that actually I found harder than any West End show that I've done. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, the, the tenor on that is huge. How, how, I don't know, how did your brain cope with that? Uh, you, you have to train it too. We, we get eight weeks rehearsal, five days on each show. And we have to learn the whole show, harmonies and choreography, and then move on to the next show. And then remember that one eight weeks later when you put it on. I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's daunting, but it's good fun, but it's, it's hard work. Um, and since then, since I left then, I've been going back on with, with Walk Like a Man, and we've been doing the ships across the Caribbean, across the world, and the UK tour with that as well. So trying to keep busy. Yes, indeed. Busy is the word. Um, what what kind of shows were they? On the ship? Yeah. On the ship. They ranged from like a little welcome show through to top... Uh, how can I put this? They had a, a huge LED screen, probably the size of the ship. Um, no expense spared. And we did a show called Magic Moments where I played Burt Bacharach and that was all the music of Burt Bacharach, which went down a storm. It was beautiful. Magic, Magic Moments, it was called. Um, and then the next day I'd be on as a rock star doing heavy rock in Paradise City. And then the next day it would be musical theatre, so doing uh, doing stuff like Frankie Valley um, and Wicked. And then next day film scores, you know, it, so we have to be adaptable. So singing high one day and low the next. Wow, so a, a versatile performer you are, if ever we've met one. I hadn't danced so much for so long. I, take, I, the last time I danced that much was quite a while ago, so getting that back and getting stamina was was part of it and I enjoyed that. Wow, sounds yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> we're going to play a little bit of music. We've got we've got a track from from the show. Yeah, this song here is called "Cry for Me," which is the one that Bob Gordio uh, wrote. And um, on the ships, it's one that I play on the piano um, because we have we have the band on the ships. With the show and the theatre, we don't have the band. We just it's all it's all done to track. But um, this is the one. Yeah, this one's called "Cry for Me," and I think it's a really catchy catchy tune. And most people should know it. Just wait, I'm crying for you. 
though you've got a real real ability to impersonate people to a certain degree and um and channel well-known musicians or as personalities um ways ways you know sound and everything but you, you do a lot of your own music as well yeah yeah i guess it's coming that's the acting side of things um especially it's, it's useful for this show but yeah i do i do as i said i write i write my own stuff and i'm currently doing the third album when i've got time um and that's this is an album as i said i was, I was with judith lay the other night and that, this was an album of duets with a load of other West End performers with myself um, singing with them and I'm trying to make it slightly different as well so it's kind of musical theatre slash pop that seems to be the way I go with the writing What's your writing process? What inspires you? You have to have something to write about I guess so um, I've just based it on stuff that I've gone through uh, in my life um, happy, sad and I tend to write the lyrics first or uh, mostly but sometimes if I've got a little tune in my head I do that first and then put them together but and I do a lot of um, co-writing as well here on Spotlight we're very interested in like creative spaces or when you're out and about and you, an idea hits you do you sort of record it into your phone or do you have a notebook or I type, I type it straight away if I if I have any thoughts of lyrics um, and sometimes send it to someone else as well just to get their their idea and see if because sometimes someone else's point of view can can help uh, in terms of whether it's how they feel about it if they were here if they were to hear it for the first time so i use a lot of friends as well to help with that but um yeah if something comes out if i'm out and about i just write it down straight away or if as you say if the tune comes into your head you just hum it into your, into your phone and then you've got it
The show is the 26th of Jan 2019, that's, that's next year, and uh, the show is at 8 o'clock, but that one, as I said, is sold out. There's a show at 2.30pm for the matinee. You can get tickets online through the Centenary Centre website or at the moment at Celtic Gold in Peel. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now we're heading to Culture Vannin to talk to illustrator Vicky Webb and online and educational resources officer for Culture Vannin, James Franklin, about a new publication bringing Manx words to the masses. Um, traditionally, I am trained in printmaking um, from the University for the Creative Arts, so I've got a lot of texture in my work. Um, for a long time I was using a lot of watercolour and things like that for my pattern work and things. But more recently, since I've had Evelyn, um, watercolour takes a long time. There's a lot of drying or hair drying and um, I needed to adapt a bit to be able to get things produced quickly. So I have developed my techniques a bit. I've been making textured sheets where I just get an A4 sheet of paper, I smack a bunch of paint on it messily and then I leave it to dry, scan it in, so everything's been done a bit more digitally these days, just for speed. Um, so that's what this book has become. It's not my usual style, but I have a feeling it may be my new usual style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really appealing, and each of the images is really bold and striking. Um, to To sort of compose these digitally, what's the process because I mean it must be quite lengthy to get this kind of this kind of quality um I don't I don't think so yeah. literally I, I scan them in I drop them into photoshop and I uh, I use the polygon lasso tool and I just click 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 as if they were your scissors and it's all just layers and messing about with placement and things like that mm-hmm. and making sure things look like what you're trying to get them to look like Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think you're making it sound easy, or maybe it's easy to you, but it sounds like a challenge to me. Um, and I mean, the book it goes through the Manx alphabet, and it was it was inspired when you had your daughter, and you wanted to you wanted to have something to share with her that was Manx. Um, but it's quite accessible. I mean, I I feel like this would be really helpful for me as well. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, it's. Yes, it was aimed more for children, but as a newly learning Manx speaker myself, I it's been really helpful to learn, you know, just a few of those nouns to get yourself going. Um, especially with, I think the it was really important for me to have the pronunciation key at the back so that you can look at the words and realise that you've been pronouncing Banya wrong all this time <laughs> and been calling it Baney or something. But 
from having the idea to bringing the images together, um, choosing the words that fit best that you felt um, would would make, I don't know, would feature well in the book. What was the publishing process like? Because that can't be an easy journey if you've if you've not had if you've not published a book before. Um, luckily, I was I was trained a lot in the laying out part when I was at university. So I when I graduated, I worked for a magazine doing the graphic design side of things. It was all volunteer based. Um, which was fun. It was called Wasted. <laughs> it was about metal music and stuff like that. So I had that kind of uh, background in using software like InDesign um, and laying out. So it wasn't too bad, that back and forth. It's just I kind of, I'm going to blame baby brain still. And I was making a lot of really simple mistakes with um, accounting for trimming and things like that. And we had a lot of back and forth with the printers to to rectify that <laughs> but we got there eventually illustration i guess is my thing and then pattern was just one of the branches that i took with that as a way of using your illustrations to make them applicable to a product that you can sell um and so i guess it was just i was going back to my roots a bit to go back to illustration and finding a new way of applying it to how my life has changed i guess yeah. but um but i still i, I think i might do some patterns with some of these imagery and things like that which could be a bit fun hi <laughs> yeah it sounds like you approve evelyn so i don't know looking ahead this um it's already made quite an impression on the manx speaking scene do you think there's there's room for others for like i don't know edition two or um <laughs> something like that I'd, I'd be happy to look into it we've kind of discussed ideas of maybe doing different collections like a collection of animals or a collection of um, foods things like that but it wouldn't work into an alphabet unfortunately because there's just not enough words in in the end of the alphabet to accommodate we would struggle to get some w's and some uh, some v's and stuff in it so but i think it would be fun to do some collections maybe working with like kurgs or something doing like a kurgs list of yeah. Kerrig's list, <laughs> list of um, animals, so something you could take around with you and help teach your children the, the Manx. I don't know if there's Manx signs in Kerrig's. That could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if people would like to see more of your work, where can where can they find it? Um, on all the usual social media. Uh, go by the uh, the handle Crumpets and Crabsticks. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> that sounds like another story as well. That is, that is another story, but it's stuck, so we'll go with that. And uh, I've got a website, crumpetsandcrabsticks.co.uk. James, I mean, looking at the, the shelves of wonderful books in Manx that you have here at Culture Van and in, um, in this sort of chill out area, I can't help but notice that most of the books in Manx for children of this kind of age are ones which have been adapted and translated into Manx to have some a bespoke sort of um, alphabet guide is it must be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's great not to have something derivative, something which is English first and then Manx, because that's not the right way to look at it. Um, the Manx language is a part of the Isle of Man, and so definitely this was always a part of this book that it was a normal thing. And that's, I think, a part of why Vicky chose these objects, that a seagull is normal and milk is normal and bread is normal. You're not getting your elephants and your zebras in this book. And that's, for me, a part of it. And it's not um, that it's for language learners so much. It's just this is a beautiful book and it's a particularly Manx book. 
and so you don't need to be a learner of it or anything like that it's just a beautiful thing to have and i'm sure there'll be many a one who don't go any further into the language than just this book who will have it and enjoy it and that's the way it should be Mm -hmm. um but even i don't know if you don't intend to learn the language or you don't set out to learn the language by the end of this book you'll have what 23 24 24 new words in the mike's language which is uh, never a bad thing not at all and some of them are great and so it's nice to have words like banya which is the manx word for milk which we all see on our milk cartons every morning but probably a few of us won't be saying it right and so it's <laughs> it's nice to have these sorts of words just in our pocket so going forward we can all feel a bit smug for knowing how to say banya <laughs> And this gorgeous little book is available for just £5 at the Culture Vantage shop in St John's and local book and gift shops around the island. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Local performer Lindsay Quayle joins us now with something festive to see us out. She's going to read an excerpt from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. December 1843. Scrooge's door was open that he might keep an eye upon his clerk, who in a dismal little cell beyond a sort of tank was copying letters. Scrooge had a small fire, but the clerk's fire was so very much smaller that it looked like one coal. But he couldn't replenish it, for Scrooge kept the coal box in his own room, and so surely as the clerk came in with the shovel, the master predicted that it would be necessary for them to part. Wherefore the clerk put on his white comforter and tried to warm himself at the candle, in which effort, not being a man of strong imagination, he failed. A Merry Christmas, Uncle, God save you, said a cheerful voice. It was the voice of Scrooge's nephew, who came upon him so quickly that this was the first intimation of his approach. Bah, said Scrooge, humbug. He had so heated himself with rapid walking in the fog and frost, this nephew of Scrooge's, that he was all in a glow. His face was ruddy and handsome, his eyes sparkled, and his breath smoked again. Christmas, a humbug, uncle, said Scrooge's nephew. You don't mean that, I am sure. I do, said Scrooge. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry? You are poor enough. Come then, returned the nephew gaily. What right have you to be so dismal? What reason have you to be so morose? You are rich enough. Scrooge, having no answer ready on the spare of the moment, said, Bah, again, and followed it up with humbug. Don't be cross, uncle, said his nephew. What else can I be, returned the uncle, when I live in a world of fools such as this? Merry Christmas, out upon Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older but not an hour richer? A time for balancing your books and having every item through a round dozen of months presented dead against you? If I could work my will, said Scrooge indignantly, every idiot who goes around with Merry Christmas upon his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart so he should. "'Uncle,' pleaded the nephew. "'Nephew,' retorted the uncle sternly. "'Keep Christmas in your own way, and let me keep it in mine.' "'Keep it,' repeated Scrooge's nephew. "'But you don't keep it.' "'Let me leave it alone, then,' said Scrooge. 
much good it may do you, much good it has ever done you. There are many things from which I might have derived good, by which I have not profited, I dare say, returned the nephew. Christmas amongst the rest. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time, when it comes around, apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything belonging to it can be apart from that, as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The one time I know of in the long calendar year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. The clerk in the tank involuntarily applauded. Becoming immediately sensible of the impropriety, he poked the fire and extinguished the last frail spark forever. Let me hear another word from you, said Scrooge, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. Thank you very much to Lindsay for that lovely reading and to all of our guests today. That's it for now, but do join me for the Spotlight Review of the Year this Sunday at one o'clock, where I'll be looking back at some of the highlights from 2018. You can head to the Manx Radio website for the full schedule, as there are so many brilliant programmes, from comedy to classics, running all the way into the new year. You'll be able to find any that you miss, along with Spotlight, of course, as downloadable podcasts on our website, or you can subscribe to our podcasts via Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your company and do join me again this Sunday at one o'clock. Slen you. Slen you.